Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Howdy! Good to see you guys. Hey, by the way, you you might have gotten a little card um, on your way in that says Centennial Celebration at Kehoe Park, August 15th. did you know that us as a church, that we as a church, are turning 100 this year? I know, that's cool. Like, we old, you know? Like, we've been around. We've been around the block a few times. And uh, we want to celebrate that. And what we were thinking is, because back in the day, uh, and it was on a Sunday, by the way. Uh, that was good. Uh, July 17th, 20, or 1921, they uh, started to meet, to gather under a tent downtown. And so we thought... Now, a hundred years later, what if we had an outdoor service to gather and, uh, so we're gonna do that at 10 a.m. on August 15th. And so we wanna invite you, you're invited, wanna have you invite friends and family, strangers on the street, invite anyone to join us for that because not only will we have a service all together, 10 a.m., all of us together at Kehoe Park, we're also going to have some food trucks afterwards, some games for the kids, some games for the adults. We have a cornhole tournament, so if you're if you're good at flinging it, you know, you should sign up, get your get you and a partner, and, and maybe you can win. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun face painting, all that stuff for that day because here's the thing, we don't want to just celebrate ourselves, like celebrate for us, like you know, we want to we want to celebrate God, what He's done through this church, and we also want to invite the community to join the celebration, to join the party. So this is going to be an awesome outreach opportunity. So be sure to invite neighbors um, to either the service or the after party or both. It's fine, and uh, we'll have a good time. So uh, infomercial done. Hope hope you're there. What do you do when you make plans? Without the future in mind, without ultimate reality of what the future will be, what do you do when you make plans today that, that ultimately they were plans that flopped because you didn't do it with the future in mind? Back in the year 2000, uh, the Blockbuster CEO was approached by this other CEO of a startup called Netflix. Back then, Netflix was sending DVDs in the mail. Did anyone take advantage of that? Okay, yeah, we're, we're one of the, you know, we, we've been with them for a long time. Uh, and so they, the Netflix guy, he approached uh, the Blockbuster guy and said, hey, we want to, we, we'd love to, to start a partnership. You guys buy us out and we'll join your team and, and, and we'll have a great time. But at the time, the Blockbuster CEO, like he, he didn't see what the Netflix guy saw for the future. Like things were really good for Blockbuster. This was in 2000, so he said no. By 2004, Blockbuster was at its peak. Y'all remember Blockbuster? Kids, Blockbuster was this place where you would go to get DVDs and movies. You'd have to go there because we didn't have like streaming services on our TV. We had to like get in the car and drive there and pay them to rent it for like a few days. We didn't keep watching it. Um, it was crazy, I know. Uh, it was actually a lot of fun. For me, anyway, I like to go in there. Uh, but by 2004, they had uh, they had like 9,000 stores, 84,000 employees. Things were good. But by 2010, Blockbuster had uh, declared bankruptcy, and by 2018, Netflix had become a 28 billion dollar company. What happens when you make plans in the present? When you make decisions in the present without the future in mind? See, what the Blockbuster CEO could not imagine was a world where we did not get in our vehicles 
and drive to a location to get a movie or a video game. He didn't see what streaming would do to our ways of entertainment. And because of that, Blockbuster is no more. And, you know, that's related to us because while we're not Blockbuster CEOs, and if, if you are, then, you know, you're out of a job, sorry. Um, but we also have to keep in mind what ultimate reality is when we think about the future. Some of us, we think about the future and we get worried. Some of us, we get we think about the future and we get excited. And some of us, we've been beat down enough, we think about the future and we're just like, meh, right? But what James wants to do today is give us an outlook on the future that has ultimate reality in mind so that we can make plans today that have that in mind, that God is the one who's ultimately in charge, that he's the one who ultimately has to bless your path. And if you go on a path that does not have to do with what God would want you to do, then it won't work out for you. Because when we make plans without the future in mind, of ultimate reality, what actually is to come, we step on the dangerous ground. Uh, So if you have a Bible, we're going to be jumping into James chapter 4. And in the passage that Taylor preached on last week, um, James made this statement. He says this in verse 6 of James chapter 4. But he gives greater grace, therefore he says... God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Uh, So a couple things in there. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Y'all, humility is a good idea. If we are going to be any kind of people, we would want to be humble people. Because God gives grace to those kinds of people. But, he also says, therefore, submit to God. But did you know what uh, is required if we're going to submit to God? Humility. See, James has been, been kind of giving us this picture of what life looks like to live life submitted to God. Like where we say, all right, God, you are in charge. Like it kind of makes sense. You made everything. You made the universe. You made me. Like you, you know this stuff. Like you know what the future is to hold. Like you are in charge. And so I'm going to live like that. And so James has been showing us what it looks like to live as if God is really in charge because he is. And so we've talked about faith and works and what that looks like. We've talked about suffering and how God can work through that suffering. We've talked about words and the impact that words can have. We've talked about our frustrations and the way we think about things, our wisdom. And and God uh, wants us to submit the way we think about our words and the way we think about our thinking, the way we actually live to Him. But it requires us to have humility. And now He's going to turn turn our attention to uh, calling us to submit our futures to him as well. Because if we don't submit our futures to God, then we'll be on a rough path, on a rough road. Because last time I checked, anytime I've tried to do my own thing, it hasn't worked out. Not even a little. And so that's what he's going to talk about today. So if you are someone uh, that that maybe has anxiety when you think about the future, then then. You, Pay attention to this. If you're someone who gets excited about the future, you're a type A, like you like to plan things, uh, then then this is for you. God's going to give all of us something today. So James chapter 4, verse 13, this is what James says to us. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. He's speaking to some business people. He says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What your life will be. For you are like vapor that appears for a little while then vanishes. Instead you should say this. If if the Lord wills we will live and do this or that. 
But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there, do business, make a profit. It's going to be lit. It's awesome. So like for some of us, all first glance, right? Um, it just would seem, like if you're a business kind of minded person, uh, it would seem like these people like that James is picking on, because there's apparently some business people who are like, yeah, well, I'm going to go do this and that, and I'm going to be there for this amount of time, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make this profit and all that. It would, like, on first glance, it just seems like it's a good business plan, right? Like, it's just like, hey, here's our plan. Like, it's, we need to have a plan. We need to know what we're going to do, where we're going to go, and how we're going to do it. And hopefully, like, we're going out there to make a profit, because that's kind of the point of business, right? I mean, obviously, you want to do good, but you also need to have, like, be able to pay your bills. Usually helps, last time I checked. Amen? Oh, okay, all right, no amens. That's cool. We're against that. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> So he, on first glance, it just seems like really, really minimal. But what, what have they done? James is getting after something even more specific, more, more just mm, twisted for them. Because they did what we oftentimes do when we get a taste of success. And have you ever done something? And y'all, it did, it, it went well. Like it worked out. You're like, huh, that was good. Have you ever done something? And then you think like, okay, next time. Round two, I can do that. You got some confidence. There's nothing wrong with that. But then they thought, okay, because we've got this figured out, we've got this, these opportunities, economic opportunities, these places are booming in the country or, or in the region. We're going to go there. We're going to have this kind of business. And we're going to assume that the way we do our business here is going to translate there. And we're going to be able to do that. And, and we're going to be there just for a year. And we're going to make a profit there. And it's going to be great. Then we'll go to another city and we'll do it all over again. And they had this kind of operation kind of like, I'm just going to go and make it happen. And that's my plan. I know exactly how long I need to be there, where I need to go. And I even know that I'm going to make a profit from it. It's going to work out. And what James is saying, hey, hey, um, that's great. I love your plan. It's awesome. You really cover the bases. But pump the brakes. Because you don't actually know what tomorrow will bring. You don't even know if you'll be alive tomorrow. Tomorrow's a mystery. And that's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. See, James is not slamming planning ahead. He's not slamming it. But what he is slamming is thinking as if your plan, your 10-point plan, that you've, you've conjured up and it's going to be going over the course of five years and you got it all worked out. You've, you've worked on your, your plan B for your plan A and then you got plan C, you got plan Z just in case something happens, right? Um, and you've got it all worked out. But what he's saying is, hey, don't do that and not invite God into the process. Don't think as if your plan, because you got a cool plan, is going to work out just like the way you thought it was. As if it's set in stone. Have some humility And guess what? When you have some humility and you're able to hold that plan with an open hand, you'll have more agility. Y'all think about this. Um, Type A goal setter. Like, that's, I I vibe with that. That's that's me too. And uh, so this hurts a little. Because I'm apt to think about the future and think about it, possibilities and like, let's make plans. Let's go do that. And as a leader, it's kind of what you got to do. And, and hopefully, like, you like in tune with God and He's saying this is where we got to go and we got to make plans to go and do that. And, you know, sometimes we don't see something coming, right? 
Like, got here in 2018, late 2018, we started working working uh, where we thought God wanted to take us as a church, and I mean, things were growing. God was doing some things, and we thought, wow, this is really cool. Like, it was exciting. I don't know if you all noticed that, but it was exciting. 2019 was a great year, and then 2020 came. It was like even getting better. It was like great and better, and then COVID happened. It's like, whoa, didn't see that coming, right? Did you plan on that? No. Uh, if you did, like, whoo, you prophet, right? <laughs> Like, y'all should have told us, like, right? Uh, so what happens when your plan ain't a plan for what is reality? You could get frustrated. You could get sad and depressed. You get angry. And y'all, when we hold our plans for the future with, with a closed hand, we're more apt to make it harder on ourselves to love people well. And so, you know, these people, they're making this plan. They're, they're like, hey, I got this, I got this business plan, this business model is going to work out. And what happens if it doesn't? What happens when your plans get hijacked by something else? Some of us, we blame God for it. It's like, bro, uh, you didn't invite me into this plan. I wouldn't have told you to go down that path. Right? See, for, for a lot of us, like if, we're, if you're someone who likes to think about the future and likes to make plans and like I've got goals and I've got things, I've got steps to get to the goals and, and I've got habits and it's going to be great and I've got to work it out. For us, like w- one of the things we've got to remember is like we have to actually understand that God is in charge and no matter how good your plan is, uh, if you don't submit it to him and you don't stay in tune with him, maybe he'll take a, a left turn and you didn't know it and you're going down a path that's not good for you. We have to actually invite God into our planning and understand that no matter how much we think we've got it figured out, we don't. Why is it that when we get to a point where we remember that tomorrow is not guaranteed, it's usually on the heels of someone dying? Why do we have to go through trauma for us to realize that today is all we've got, this moment? Like there could be a huge truck just come in and pff, I'm I'm gone. Like it would it would avoid y'all. You know, just me, bam. We we don't know. We don't know what the next moment will hold, and yet we approach the future as if we've got it all figured out. We do this with ourselves too. We think because okay, I've got it figured out. I know the type of person I am, right? Because I am this type of person, I know that in the future or in the present right now, God will never call me to have a conversation with the person about Jesus because that's just not who I am. That's just, I'm not wired that way. I'm an introvert. I need my alone time. I, I, I don't know enough about the Bible. Therefore, God will never use me in that way. I, I'm, that's not my personality. That's not my Enneagram number. That's not my Myers-Briggs type. So therefore, I can't, no, I can't be used that way. I'm, I'm not good enough to do what God's called me to do. You've called yourself a failure before you even tried. I, I can't be that good parent because I never had it uh, modeled for me in front of me. And so I'm just going to throw my hands up and act as if I can't do it. Y'all, do you realize if you follow Jesus, that the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, y'all, is indwelling you. Did y'all know that? If you didn't, this is a really good information for you to have. God saved you so that you could become his child. No matter what label someone put on you, that doesn't 
uh, trump what God has said about you, who you are to him. You are a child beloved by him and he is with you always and he wants to do something in you that maybe you couldn't see in the future. Some of y'all, you've, you've decided that you're against change and therefore because you're against change, because change is bad, you've been closed off to what God wants to do in your life now. And you will not be the person he wants you to be in the future because you've, you've given him the Heisman and you've tried to keep him away from doing what he's called you to do. Like some of us, we have become so closed off to the possibility that maybe your future is something different than what your past has been. Like some of us, you know, I don't know about maybe you, but for me, like this has been a present moment where it's easier for me to trust God with my past because I can see how he's worked in my past. Anybody else? God's moved. He's worked. He's, he's brought me through some stuff, some hard stuff, much harder than I've gone through in the last year and a half. But it's easier for me to trust him with my past then lately it's been easier to it's not been as easy to trust him in the present. Well, we, we see what he's done in the past, but maybe we've just started to convince ourselves that well, he's done with me now. Scripture says the work that he began in you, he's not gonna he's not gonna stop until he sees it all the way through. That's Brandon's version from Philippians. When we think about the present, and we're not constantly reminding ourselves that God's here. God's working. That he can take you beyond where you can see. When we're thinking about the future and we're worried about it, we're overly optimistic as if we got it all figured out. We're forgetting that God's in this and maybe, just maybe, what you think you see in the future, maybe something different's coming. I can tell y'all, like, (laughs) uh, as an 18-year-old, didn't write this script for myself so I was becoming a narcotics detective. That's what I thought. And then after that, I thought I'd be a video game developer. You know, just a natural progression of thought. <laughs> now I'm a preacher. What? We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what God's going to do in us. We don't know the way he's going to take us. So sometimes when we make those plans, and it's not, not against planning, you've got to hold them with an open hand. Because sometimes some things happen that you didn't expect, that you didn't see coming. God saw it coming. But maybe he wants to give you an opportunity to see the future with open eyes and see that he's the one who's already there and you can trust him. We don't know what the future holds, but we can hold on to Jesus right now. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, if you're, if you're like this, maybe you're a worrier about the future. Maybe you are like a type A person thinking about the future with... A lot of plans, a lot of optimism and all that. Sometimes when we focus so much on the future, we, we fail at being present in the moment. And what I think James wants to remind these business people is like, hey, uh, you got some good plans. It's cool. Great. Good for you. Write an article about it. Make a YouTube video. You could even do a TikTok. But keep in mind that the only way this is going to work out The only way your life is going to work out in the way that it needs to is if you trust God. You trust him with it. Look look back at what he says, verse 15. He He says this. Instead, you should say, 
so like instead of that, uh, you should say this. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Like if it's the Lord's will, if if he wants it to happen, we'll, we'll do this or do that. We'll even be alive, you know, verse 16. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. So that's, I don't know about you, but like it seems like a little nitpicky. Do I really have to say, hey, you know, I'm going to see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. But do I have to say, like, if the Lord wills, I'll see you tomorrow? You're one of those people? I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Or at least remind ourselves that, hey, we, we actually don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't. So what would that tell us for the present moment right now? A better way, a better approach is to really keep in mind what ultimate reality is. And that is God is the one who is present in the future. And so we can trust him with ours. Verse 17, this is what James says we can count on. He says this, uh, So it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. What is he saying? Like, I love your plans. You've got some good plans, man. But make sure you bring God into that picture. Bring God into that. But hey, don't, don't forget, like as you're making all these plans for Jesus, all these plans for your life, all these plans for your family, don't forget right now to do what God's already told you to do. Don't forget to love God and love the people in front of you, the people around you to love people. Don't forget to make disciples, y'all. Like, don't forget in your, in your 10 point plan, don't forget to actually live right now. Don't forget. It's sin to do, to know what, it, what good it is, what good is, and yet not do it. Some of us, you know, we've, we spend so much time with our head in the clouds. Sometimes they're storm clouds and sometimes they're just nice fluffy clouds. And we don't think about what, what are we supposed to do right now? What am I actually guaranteed? I'm guaranteed this moment right here, right now. That's what I got. That's what I got. So right now in this moment, look around. These people around you, you see them? You have an opportunity to be a presence of love and grace to them. That's it. That's what you got. Maybe God's got something for you right now in this moment. And some of us are thinking about lunch. Now you are because I just said that. I'm sorry. You know. What does God want me want for me right now? Right now. Don't, don't stress yourself out so much about what is to come. You don't know. That's, you can make plans. It's fine. Hold them with an open hand. Because here's the thing. If you're a leader and you have to make plans for the future, I get it. I get it. The, the best way to lead, though is with the ability to make a move if you need to, right? Humility leads to agility. If you're humble and you're not so focused on your plan, it's got, the plan's got to work. The plan's got to work. I've spent so much time working on this plan. i got to go to college. i got to go do this. i got to do that. i got to make sure i got this internship. i got to do all that. Like, relax, breathe, be right here. Make the plan. That's fine. Hold it with an open hand. Humility leads to agility. And when we have a humble life, then we'll be able to love people in a better way. We won't be so caught up on what may or may not come. So to the planners and and arrogant goal setters, it's James' words, not mine, okay? Entrust your future to the Lord. He's already there. Entrust your future to the Lord. He's already there. To the worriers, the ones who get crippled with anxiety, about what, what may come. Same thing. Entrust your future to the Lord. He's already there. All you've got is right now. All you've got is right now. 
James is not slamming planning ahead. But what he does want you to do is to not forget this moment right now. He's given it to you as a gift. So what does this look like? What does it look like to entrust your future to the Lord? I want to get real practical. Okay? First thing is this, to submit your, to God your identity. To submit your identity to God. How do you see yourself? How do you literally, like, when you think about who you are, this is a crazy thing. God's given us a gift to be able to think about what we think about when we think about ourselves. What do you think about when you think about what do you think about when yourself? What, what do you think about? Who, who are you? Who are you? Are, are you this kind of person or that kind of person? Are you, are, you, are you someone who lines up with the labels that have been taught to you or have been told to you? Are you, like, are you a 40-year-old guy or gal with a, with, living in a mindset of an 8-year-old who, who heard someone who's older than you say something demeaning to you? Do you still operate from that reality? There's no shame. There's no guilt. Just get honest. How do you see yourself? Have you submitted your identity to God? You are not just an Enneagram type. You are more than that. Do you remind yourself on a daily basis that you are beloved? You are a child of God through Jesus? You are fearfully and wonderfully made? That, that he cares so deeply about you that he decided to sacrifice himself for you. He gave it all so that you could be a part of his family. Or do you buy into the rat race of society that you are only worth what your net worth is or worth how much uh, beauty you uh, emanate from you uh, according to the world? Who gets to decide who you are? Not them. God does, not even you. So submit your identity to God. Because if we don't submit our identity to God, then we will limit what God could do through us. Oh, God could never do that through me. I would never do that. I No, I cannot have this conversation with someone about Jesus. I cannot step into this work role. Uh, I cannot do this. Why not? The only time, well, the only thing you're limiting when you say those kinds of things, you're limiting God, not yourself. Y'all, just trust what God says about you and trust that he's still working on you, that you are not the person you are destined to be the rest of your life. He's working on you, transforming you from the inside out. And what if he's got something different in mind for your future that you can't even see right now? It's probably true. Submit your identity to God. Who are you? And who says so? Let it be what God says about you. Because not even you get to decide who you are. Only your creator. Submit to God your work. Like when you're, you're an employee, you got, you got some, a job to do. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. You're working at fast food. You're working in a bank. You're working in a, in a business. You're selling stuff. It doesn't matter. Digging ditches. Doing construction. Whatever. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Are, have you submitted your work to the Lord? Who is ultimately your boss? Who is ultimately in charge? Shareholders, your supervisor, your shift manager, who, who's in charge? Ultimately, who's in charge is the Lord. He's the one you work for. Paul says, hey, no matter what you do, do it all for the glory of God. Y'all, Christians, followers of Jesus, should be the best employees, bar none. Why? 
Because we're working for the Lord. We ain't working for the boss we can't stand. We ain't working for them. Like, yes, we are, but ultimately we're working for Jesus. And why? Because we see the dignity in people's lives. We see that they are made in the image of God. We love them, right? Did you know that uh, Jesus told us to love God and love people because sometimes we don't? I love everybody. Really? Do you? Okay. Uh, you, have you noticed? Um, have you noticed that like McDonald's and KFC and Burger King and all that they're, they're like releasing these chicken sandwiches? You know? Did you notice that? Like all the, they're making a big deal about it because they're like, "Hey, we got chicken too." You know? Don't just go to Chick Fil A. Come to us. Did you notice that? I would love to sit down with a McDonald's CEO, Burger King CEO, KFC, get them all together, you know, uh, and be like, hey, guys, I know that you're like, hey, everyone's at Chick-fil-A. Like, the lines are ridiculously long. I don't even know why they wait that long. This, wow. I want some of that piece of the pie, right? And they're like, the chicken. We got to do the chicken. Everyone loves chicken. It's like the crazy chicken. People go nuts over the chicken, right? Put some pickles on it, you know, like we'll give them some mayo packets, whatever. Like we'll make it spicy, whatever. We, we got we to gotta get this chicken. And they're doing this marketing campaign. I would just wish I could sit down with them and be like, hey, guys, it's not about the chicken. Like, it really isn't. Like, the chicken's good, but it ain't about the chicken. What is it? It's that when you go to Chick-fil-A, you know, you're treated like a human being. Like, you're there. Like, oh, oh, look at you. You're human. Oh, it's nice. Wow. My pleasure. Hey, we'll get that for you. Yes. They actually care. It's like customer service. It's like... Oh, when we treat people like they're people and we try to love them in, in a way, like, wow, they actually like want to come back and they like that. I want to just tell them, hey, it's not about the chicken. We'll probably make this into a clip, put it on YouTube and try and tag them in it, you know? <laughs> they submitted their work to, to Jesus, right? Like not every employee at Chick-fil-A is a Christian, but they have a training program to train their employees how to treat people with dignity and respect. I know I worked there for a little bit on the west side of Cincinnati. Submit your business if you're a business owner. Submit your business to God. It's not, it's not like, it, okay, who's in charge? Who's CEO for real, for real? You? Are you sure? Sure you want that? Submit it to God. Because ultimately he's the one who can uh, use that business for good, for his glory and people's good. Don't just be in it for a profit. Do it to make a difference, right? Submit it to the Lord. The work that you do, the the things that you do, that's great. Serve people. Help them see that Jesus is real the way you treat them. Submit your work. Submit your business to God. Submit your plans to God. Like some of us, we just need to be reminded, like, hey, when we make our plan on our notebook or we got it in our, our, our notepad or our Word document, whatever, uh, we got it in our spreadsheet, super spreadsheets, love those, uh, that we need to actually like bring those to the Lord and say, hey, Lord, what do, you, what do you think about this? Shred it if it needs shredded, you know? Submit your plans to God. Like some of you, you've not stepped into what God wants you to do because you're holding on to plans from 10 years ago that, that they don't line up with reality anymore. What is God calling you to do now? Make plans like that. Wrestle with it. It's not going to be automatic. He wants you to wrestle with him. He wants you to pursue him in the process of figuring out what your plans need to be. Submit your attention to God. What we spend our attention on shapes the direction of our lives. 
If you did an audit of your attention, the things you're paying attention to, what would that say about who's really Lord of your life? Would it, would it be Jesus or would it be something else? Yourself? Someone else? Trying to please people? What would it be? Submit your time to God. Sometimes we spend our, our, our lives holding on to our time with a grip so hard, so, so strong that we miss the interruptions that are oftentimes the opportunities for ministry with people around us. Submit your time to God. I mean, imagine what, your, what life would be different. Like, what, what would be different about today or tomorrow if, if we really lived like that? What could it be? Like, some of you, 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 you decided that you are this kind of person. Like, you are someone who can't be loved, who can't be uh, cherished as a, as a friend or, or, or even a spouse. And you've decided because of that, because that's your belief, uh, you, you don't reach out. Because you, you've decided that about yourself. You've already declared what your future will be without even giving God an opportunity to change your mind about it. Your workplace, you've already decided, you know what, I'm just really not that great at this, or I really just hate this, and you've not given that to God and said, hey, Lord, will you use me in this even if I don't like it that much? And maybe just maybe he'll change your heart about it. What kind of things have you declared about your future because of your past? that maybe you're closing off the work that God could do through you. If you just open it, open those hands and say, Lord, um, have your way with me today. I don't know what the future holds. And I think that's, that's going to be our homework this week when you start your day off. And by the way, that's a dangerous prayer. <laughs> just proceed with caution. If you go to the Lord and say, Lord... I don't know what today holds. I, I don't know what you're going to give me as far as opportunities. I, I don't know what is going to come at me. I don't know what kind of right hooks and, and left jabs I'm going to have to dodge and weave because those are going to happen. You're going to have to navigate that. But um, I don't know what it holds. I don't know what the next 10 years, i kind of worried about that. But Lord, um, today, right now, in this moment, please have your way with me. Whatever you want. Make me open. Let me be receptive to the work that you want to do in me. Maybe that's the way we start our day this week. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know all the theology. You know, the more I learn, the more I realize I have much more to learn. (laughs) You don't have to have it all figured out. And when you start to get worried about the future, when you start to question what is going to happen, or you get overly optimistic, you got your plans, and you start to hold on to those too tight, And trust your future to the Lord. He's already there. Church, would you stand? We're going to pray and sing to our good God. Lord, we come to you um, bowing down. Are all of our plans laying those down at your feet? Asking you to show us what they need to be. God, we uh, are here to submit ourselves to you. God, we, we a lot of us, we, we have experienced your grace in the past, and we've, we've held on to that, and we are so grateful for what that had been. And we just need a, a fresh reminder that you are here with us right now, too, that you are giving us grace, you are giving us love, and you are showing us the path forward uh, right now. Uh, you've not stopped your work in us, but you, you're just getting started.
And God, help us to see that and to believe that and to to trust that you are working all things out for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purposes. God, may we be those kinds of people who trust you through thick and thin when things are up and when things are down. God, would you help us to have an open hand with our plans, with the way we see the future? Would you help us to have rest, rest in your grace when we think about the future? To know that, yeah, we don't know what's going to come. We, we know that the world's full of sin and that a lot of times we're full of sin. We, we always wrestle with that. But help us to be reminded. God, remind us that we have you to hold on. No matter what the future holds. Father, would you encourage us when we're, when we're worried? Encourage us when we're being prideful? Pull us back when we need it. Help us to see, Lord, that you are worthy of our surrender, our surrender to our, uh, of our plans, our identity, how we see ourselves, how we see others. Lord Jesus, would you please have your way with us today? Help us to see the gifts of this present moment and to do what you're calling us to do right now. And right now, Lord, we're going to sing out to you in praise and honor of who you are. I pray that it would be pleasing to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.